Hello, everybody. This is uh, Kevin, a podcast for me, a podcast for you, as well as a podcast for me. I'm your host, K Doll, Busy Doll. It is now February 16th, uh, the year 2020. I'm recording this podcast. Usually I get to do it on Saturday nowadays, but I switched to Sunday because I was doing shit on Saturday. I mean, literally nothing. But, you know, without further ado. Uh, what's going on? Still looking for a job, all that bullshit. Probably going to have to get a shitty job. And by shitty, I mean like here I went to college to become a medical assistant and I became a medical assistant. But because I didn't get certified, I guess, and you come to Michigan, they're only, it's not like you need it, but they're only hiring people who have it, the certification. So, yeah. So, that sucks. <laughs> and the x-ray... Once again, in California, you'd be an x-ray tech, but with, but over like with a limited license and which is, which, which is, um, the optics of that word limited. It's like, uh, you, the extremities, you know, the chest and the, uh, you know, the spine and things like that. You know, it's pretty much the whole body except for like fluoroscopy which is like you constantly x-raying and then fucking the stomach, which is like, or the skull, that's one. And um, because I don't, because of that, you go to a Michigan, which once again, you don't really need a license, but the only people who are thinking to get hired are the people who have like a full license. So there's that. So because of that, you know, me from California, I've been working the job 10 years. I got to go find another job, which is kind of, it's not working. I can't work in the field that I've been working last 10 years. So I'm going to have to probably get a, uh, another job where I have no experience in. So I'm kind of this weird kind of thing, right? So because like I'm entry level on everything else. I mean like, yeah, I was an electrician and a mechanic 10 years ago. And I had been doing that for 10 years, but that was 10, that's like 10 years ago. And now I got this field, you know? So it's kind of a weird thing. Now I got to get a job where I have no real work experience. You know, I go from career of 10 years to a career of nothing. Eh, that's the way it is. And that's such a gut punch doing that, you know, just, just the concept of working something 10 years. And then now you work into a field of, you know, of nothing. It, it's, 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 it's really just, dis, uh, it's disheartening. Well, anyways, past that. Anyways, that is what they say is that, um, let's see what else is going on in life. I find it that in Michigan, the produce is very expensive or like, yeah, it's just expensive. Like everything's expensive here when it comes to food, but then there's like real cheap things like eggs <laughs> and some meat prices. And there's no like, like back where I come from, there was Vons, Albertsons, little stores like that here. There's only like there's Mayers or Myers. And uh, that's it. And that's like a Walmart, but more expensive. It has everything. And there's a Walmart. And then the, and you got a couple of little stores with odd names here and there. But there's no real like stores, you know. Well, anyways, if you're new to this podcast, <laughs> it's just me ranting about my life. And I'm going to read some news and rant about that. You know, that's what we're going to do. Go ahead and leave me a review on iTunes if you can. And uh, please share and uh, all that. 
last podcast, it was podcast 100. You would think it'd be a momentous occasion, but I forget what the fuck number I'm on because some I numbered, some I didn't. And uh, here's, this is episode 101. I What the fuck do I do? I've done 100 podcasts and now I got to 101. Amazing. <laughs> I've thought it'd be more momentous. It's just the, the timing in which I did it. I've been so depressed lately that it's hard to actually give a shit about things, you know, when you get so depressed. What am I depressed about? The fact that I can't work my job. <laughs> Pretty much. But without further ado, let's get into some fucking news. News. Gotta get the news. All right. So what do we got here? A police officer questions why she's taking Florida girl to a mental facility in, vi- in new video. So last week we had this uh, in Florida they, there's a six-year-old, right? And there's a law there where a school can just say, yeah, this person's crazy and send them to an insane asylum or, to, you know, to figure out if they're crazy without actually contacting the parents. So this little girl, right, I guess she was throwing shit. She's being disruptive, right, a six-year-old. And um, instead of, like, trying to call the parents or figuring it out, they just sent the kid to a mental institute and the police were like confused by it, but then took the kid there. Uh, so she was held there for 48 hours without her mother to, to assess if she was crazy or not. That's pretty extreme for a six year old, right? Like to, to, to decide. So here's the six year old going from school to some random mental mental institute, right? I wonder if it's there's not much news about this because the news is all about getting the shock factor caught my eye. But there's no not much information. I wonder if it's a situation in which they uh, like the kid was disrupted before they contact the parents, the parents didn't do shit and they got fed up and are like, we're going to teach them a lesson, you know. Because what's okay, so from the teacher's point of view, what are they supposed to do? So this kid gets unruly, starts doing shit, right? And um, was uh, they probably told the parents, I'm just guessing, told the parents, the parents don't give a shit. They're just like, well, you you just figure it out because that's their perspective now. After the fact, after they found their kid, they're like, what they can't handle a, a six year old, they don't know what they're doing from their perspective now. So when they sent that kid to the mental hospital, their the far, first words out of their mouth is they can't handle a six year old. Uh, that which leads me to believe that they probably did call and ask for the parents to fucking pick up their kid or whatever, and they just kept bringing their kid back and telling them they didn't they don't know how to do their job. So that's probably what went down. So they were just like, what were they supposed to do? What is it? What does the school do? Like, okay, so. I'm not advocating for what they did. I'm just saying, like, say you're a school, you're teaching a kid, and this one kid out of all the kids won't sit still. And I've seen kids like this. They'll throw shit, and they'll fucking jump on desks, disrupt other students. So it gets to be, what do you do? You can't put your hands on this kid, right? If you put your hands on this kid, that you go in jail. So what do you do? You call the police? You call the police. You call the parents? Call the parents. What happens when the parents don't do shit? They just keep, they're saying, it's your job. You figure it out. So what's the, what's the teacher supposed to do? I, I put the question to you. They probably, they were fed up and they just went with it. Because it doesn't make sense to even do that. And I've, I, it just sucks. It just shows 
like a window of the eye of time in which we don't know what to do with kids because people be pumping out these kids left and right. They don't raise them right. And then you have all this shit. We don't know what the, uh, what's going on at the kid's home. Apparently the, the place they took her to identified her as ADHD and had some, and then they gave a vague mood disorder. And when you watch the video and you hear the kid talk, the kid doesn't understand what's going on. Um, I've seen this time and time again. The kid probably, sometimes what happens is the um, the home situation, I always bring it back to home because schools are very uniform in the way they do things. You're right, you have a bad teacher here and there, but then you would have 30 students doing the same fucking thing. And you got all the teachers, they're kind of like, they have to go and they're, they're mandated on how they teach. So those are pretty standard. The only actual flexible variable that's like big in essence is the home situation. Yeah. You could put it off to the kid and say, yeah, it's the kid. The kid's fucking fucked up or whatever. It's the kid's obviously crazy or it's probably the home. I mean, I think maybe odds bro science wise, I would say it's the home, the home situation. I could be wrong. I mean, but I would I would think it's more likely that the home situation is pretty fucked up and they're just looking to sue the school right now, of course, you know, to get money. I mean, I want to analyze this, the the home of this kid. Sometimes these ADHD or ADD kids at home at six years old diagnosed with I can't pay attention because I'm a six year old. And like, what is that? You know, maybe maybe the kids get beat at home by random boyfriends or some bad shits going on. So the kids constantly looking around and totally anxious because that kid's not in a good environment. You don't provide a good environment for a kid. They start looking around and they get very nervous about shit. You know, that's just from broscience.com. You know, <laughs> I just made that shit up. But I mean, like, I think it's more likely that. You know, and so like the only reason why I give credence to that is because later on in the news story, it says that the schools assess the situation in a vague way, assess the situation and realize the teacher was right for what they did. So uh, in your face and I'm like, huh, I was pretty vague. They feel very confident in doing that. Schools are real like weak in this respect. They're built back down quite a bit. So for them to be brazen like that, especially in the face of a lawsuit, that's chances are they were maybe in the right in the sense of they probably have um, documentation and everything like that. I mean, face value, it's pretty shock value, sh sh uh, shock, uh, shocking, right? What am, I, what am I trying to say? Shocking? I don't know. It, you're like, oh, they just sent the six-year-old to the fucking hospital. You know, it is a bullshit move that they did that without content to the parents. But then again, the news article doesn't dig. This news article, most news articles are constantly like for shock value only, not actually reporting any actual news. I bet money that they had to have called the parents a couple times and say, hey, yeah, your student's disruptive. For them to be brazen, to send this fucking kid to, the same asylum without fucking or what they call a mental institute for 48 hours without contacting the parent means they've done this already. If not, then they're garbage pieces of shit. Either way, I I, I want to side with 
the the family because I think that's kind of fucked up to do that. Because I'll worry if my kid if that happened to my kid. But then I do know kids at six years old, autistic or whatever the fuck, they got some shit going on, and the parents they say, and then like. The parents will be like, oh, the fucking school should figure it out. You know, what the fuck are they supposed to do? So the, the, the reaction of them suing and then saying well, they can't handle a fucking six-year-old. Obviously, you've never handled a six-year-old, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, some six-year-olds get unruly. And it's not like you can't overpower them. If you were trying to overpower them, you could hurt them in the process. So I don't think this is a thing in which they just decided willy-nilly to fucking send this kid. It is a stupid law. But I bet there's a more of a conversation that needs to happen. Most people just kind of react to this shit. I don't get how the police didn't contact the family. Like, what? Because there were, see, the video basically is the police officers are asking the, the kid questions like, why the fuck is this going on? They didn't say that to the kid, but they're like, what's this about? You know, and then the kid doesn't fucking know, of course, because it's fucking six. <sighs> I wonder, yeah, it's got to, I don't know why they didn't contact the parents. Yeah, yeah, why didn't they contact the parents? That's what I would have done as a police officer. Like, what's the parents' name? Fuck. Or maybe they couldn't, I don't know. There are a lot of little questions here and there. All right, and that is what they say is that. Um, uh, reading some of these things here. What do we got going here? What's this one? Ah, this is good. Uh, I'm moving with my settings here. Uh, ah, here we go. Beauty influencer is being accused of fat phobia, made up work, after she called a model's weight disgusting. Irresponsibly isn't. Irresponsibility isn't attractive. I can't believe this chick's Chinese. <laughs> She's a beauty influencer. Her name is Xiao Xu. Wendy Chang, who goes by Xiao Xu on Instagram, received so she's got she's she's this pretty chick with uh, pink hair. That's her thing. She don't look Chinese. So basically, it boils down to she was um, not making fun, but she was inappropriately talking about something that she had no business in talking about. Uh, okay, this is why I say this. Okay, so she basically called this one model, Lachayanne Stewart, was morbidly obese. She says she's morbidly obese and then her weight is disgusting because obesity should never be attractive because death and disease isn't attractive, isn't attractive full stop. I don't know what the fuck that means. Well, okay, so she just goes on a, t a rant about how being fat is bad. Now... I got some interesting things about that. Some conversations that need to be said. This is one of those many instances where I think people need a proxy to talk about something else. I give you an example. So when a white guy says that is talking about black people problems, it could be seen as uh What's, what's the word? Patronizing. Because it's like, who are you to say that when you're white? You know, that kind of thing. Or, 
say you're talking about Chinese nonsense. You're talking about Chinese people's problems and you're from America. Like, who are you to say that? You, you could be literally right. You could say something as damning as, you know, women make less money than men because men work longer hours or some bullshit like that, right? But you being a dude saying that statistic, you're a piece of shit, you know, that kind of bullshit. So a proxy would be like a woman saying that. A woman saying, like, uh, Chris, what's her name? Hoff Summers. What's her name? Christine Hoff Summers. She's a woman feminist, and she could talk about these kinds of issues. And she does. She goes, yeah, well, men do work longer hours, and that's why they make more, because the statistic you're quoting is only taking the account of just money based on money, as opposed to how many hours worked, you know. And she could say that, which she doesn't get much of a voice because, you know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Sexism only works when it when when it's your point, you know, when you're proving your woke point, you know, but it doesn't it doesn't work when you're being sexist to the woman who's pointing out the sexism in men, you know, or saying something to the effect of. Men do work longer hours and they do work more like deadly jobs. So therefore, they will get paid more as opposed to women. Now, a woman like Christopher Hoff, Christine Hoff Summers will never get seen because, you know, that doesn't, that's not part of the narrative that we say nowadays. And so therefore, you got sexism inadvertently. So you're not going to listen to this lady because she's, she's explaining some things that kind of poke holes in your, you know, women make less than men argument. So that's your proxy. But at least she can get away with it and no one's going to really shit on her too much. This lady is attractive and thin, you know. So her talking about someone being morbidly discussed would be seen at the optics of it is is uh, she's pompous. But, you know, she could be saying something. She is saying things that are true, you know, morbidly obesity or morbidly obese people do not live long, you know? I mean, they don't live as long. I mean, I looked at the statistics of that, you know? It's, of course, you know, if you're morbidly obese, you're probably not going to live as long as someone who's, like, average, you know, weight. And then she could say something. So when she says disgusting, that was that was derogatory in that respect. So she's just, like, she's saying her points that are valid get muddled because of who she is as a person, you know, being, you know, uh, not a obese person, you know, so that's already a, a, a bad mark. And then, uh, you know, then she adds the word disgusting. So she kind of lost her point at that point. So no matter what, no matter who's listening to her, then her points are just going to get muddied. That's just the way people are. Nobody really tries to listen to both sides of the argument. Most people. Most people don't listen to everything you say. You say something like, um, I hate when, you know, people hate on Jews. And you could just hear part of that sentence and then say, oh, that person hates Jews. But they didn't hear the whole sentence. And this is what this lady is. She said morbidly disease and, you know, it's not good for you. It's disgusting. And then people only hear, she just called the fat person disgusting. And that's the end of it. That's the end of the conversation. You literally shut down the conversation. I mean, 
she was she's um this model Wendy Chang or whatever the fuck she is. Whenever you know she's trying to highlight something that is true, we shouldn't applaud morbidly obese people ever. It's never a good thing. We should appreciate acceptance, you know, like accepting people. Some people can't get out of their own way. You know, some people are just big because of genetics or big because I would still call it genetics if you're just overly eating, you know, because that there's something in you that is not in the same as other people. Not everybody's morbidly obese. So there has to be something wrong with you to be morbidly obese. Not wrong as in like you're fucked up, but wrong in the sense of your genetics. Your genetics is like saying, hey, I I like food. I'm addicted to food. Just like an alcoholic. I mean, an alcoholic, there's something wrong with them. You know, they their genes are just into that. You know, that's the drug of choice that they went for. You know, and then... I mean, recognizing a problem is better than ignoring it. And this is what's happening in our day and age. In the year 2020, we're just accepting too much. And it's not like that's a bad thing, but you have to, you know, highlight what's good and what's bad. You know, so like her message gets fucked up. If she was morbidly obese and was talking about other morbidly obese people, people would be more receptive to that, I would think. Kind of hard, right? It seems like you're kind of like a, what's the word, a hypocrite if you're fat talking about other fat people. I'm, I'm fat. I would consider myself obese because I'm overweight and I recognize that and I know it's a problem, you know, but it can be fixed once I recognize that. And as long as I'm working at it, we're good. Some people work at it and they just don't get thin, but that's not a, working at it is an everyday thing. Working at it is life. So you're not really working at it. You're moving towards that direction no matter what. And what happens is you get these people who work out for three months or whatever or diet for three months and call it a day and say, hey, I did it for three months. It doesn't work. It's not about it doesn't work. It's about you're just life. You know, if you're dieting every day and dieting, meaning, you know, eating the right vegetables and such and not eating as much, uh, you do that every day for the rest of your life, you know, for life. And this lady, uh, she just got out of hand calling her disgusting. So this model is like fucking size 24. So that means she's around 250, 270. I don't know. I tried to find the weights, but I couldn't find it. And um, that's not morbidly obese. She misspoke. It's obese. Morbidly obese is when you're 100 pounds over where you should be. So if you're at one, you need to be 175. That's like your average, right? Say she needed to be 175. She's, well, shit. I mean, if she's at 275, that would make her morbidly obese. I doubt it though. I'm looking at the picture of her in a bikini and uh, I laugh only because, you know, I don't know why that's applauded. <laughs> like, um, if if it if it was a thing in which she was morbidly obese like that, right, wearing a bikini and everything, and I still work out and I try hard, so accept me. That's that's something. But instead of that, that message is lost. It's can con conflated. It's now a thing in which, you know, I'm fat, accept it, you know? And um see it's mix 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 signals there. You shouldn't work to that and you shouldn't be happy with that in the sense of this is it. I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to eat. Now, if you were to say this is me working out and that's the way it is, this is how I look. Yeah, that that's acceptance right there. But that's what, what you – when you show a model 
or a buff dude, whatever, a model. A guy could be a model. But if you see a model, it is something you want to aspire to. You're not going to be a model. That's just not going to happen. But if you want that body, you want to aspire to it. Kobe, uh, LeBron James or a basketball player, he's a great basketball player, right? But you're never going to be like that. It doesn't hurt to aspire to that. Say you're a kid playing basketball. You want heroes. Now, you see someone like someone who's like 275 pounds wearing a bikini, you should never aspire to be that because that's not working out. That's not achieving anything. Anyone could get to that weight, you know? I mean, anyone could be buff, but anyone, <laughs> but that's harder. Eating lots of food is not hard, you know? I'm not saying that that's what she did and that's her thing. That's, uh, but that's what you demonstrate when you see a picture of a huge person. You don't look at the person. It's always a problem, too. Every time someone reaches this uh, 275 mark or whatever, 250, when they're morbidly obese or obese, it's a thing which I tried working out. Or I tried doing this. In fact, I remember listening to the Brilliant, Idiot, Brilliant Idiots podcast and uh, Lizzo, who's a huge lady who sings, and I like her music. Uh, she's huge. And um, Charlemagne was asking, hey, have you ever tried to lose weight? And then she like he didn't say it straight up like that. It was casual conversation. And then he said that she then said, yeah, I tried and I lost about this amount of weight. And then I gained it all back. And then he followed up. He didn't have to. But he did follow up. He goes, why didn't you keep trying to stay that way? She goes, it was just too hard. She literally admitted it. That was just too hard to stay like that. And meaning, see, here's the, here's the great lie of these like huge models. They got to the weight that they needed to get to that was healthier for them, but it was too hard to maintain. I mean, there you go. It, life is hard. Everything's hard, you know, if you want to, to see things like that. And I could see losing weight is a hard thing. But if you lost the weight, that means you have the ability to do that, you know. And if you do, then you should maintain that. And if you don't, then that's cool too. But don't fucking put it out there like, oh, this is okay. It's okay to give up. You never want to promote giving up. Ever. You know, and I, I read about this lady. She said she worked out and tried shit. She did lose weight. So, if you, I mean, if you have the ability to do it, it's always a cry story. You know, these huge models. You know, oh, fucking I tried and it's so hard. But then I did and then I gave up. I mean, that's what you're doing and you're promoting that. And I don't know why everyone is promoting this agenda. You know, like, let's be huge. You know, you should never promote that. Um. I can't articulate it any further than that. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to pr to promote an unhealthy lifestyle. Now, if it was genetics and that's just the way it is, then which everything is genetics. I mean, that's just a vague way of keeping things the same. Oh, it's genetics, so I just give up. <sighs> so she says this, and then um, everyone starts shitting on her, of course, because she's thin. Asked why thin people were so obsessed with calling her unattractive. And then like, so the narrative of the story is whoever wrote this article tries to degrade the person for what they said. So it's basically an attack on her. 
was attacking LaShonda or LaShawane or whatever. They say, they said this term, they go, Stewart saw Chang's comments on her Instagram and asked why thin people were so obsessed with calling her unattractive. Obsessed. Obsessed is the wrong word to use. It's, I saw your picture and I made a comment about. And when you see something that is, you know, say she's big, right? She made a comment on that. What is she supposed to do? Say, yeah, queen, you got this. What is what is she supposed to do? Ignore it? If you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all? Is this, is this where we're going with? No, she's a personality just like she, like LaShawn is a personality. She's out there showing her hugeness. And so this other lady who shows her attractiveness, well, it's you are punching down, though. You shouldn't do that. But... I mean, she does have a point. There is a thing in our culture where we're trying to promote the worst in humanity. I'm not saying that LaShawn Wayne or whatever is the worst of humanity, but the promotion of that is the ability to say, you know what? It's okay to give up or it's okay to, to eat as much as you want. Then there's not, and like, it's going to cross over to science where you're going to say it's okay to be fat. It's not. It never is. And you should always work to be a better you. I always say that in these podcasts. Be the better you than you were yesterday. But here we are trying to shame the other chick. That's It's like, you know, you're just trying to be better. She's obsessed. I don't think she's obsessed. Not one bit. She saw something and commented. Many people responded calling Chang fat phobic, they call it. Now, this is a made up fucking word. Fat phobic. Phobic is, let me, let me tell you the direct definition of phobic. It's a piece of shit, a beast that makes me mad. Phobia, an extreme, extreme, or irrational fear of a aversion to something, like the phobia of water. So you're fucking terrified of water. Fat phobia means she's terrified of her fatness. I don't think so. Sheriff, if you wanted to say something like that, it would be you were afraid of yourself getting that fat. That would be a, a valid fear. It would be a valid fear for you to be afraid of you being fat. That would be a thing. But you afraid of other fat people, that's made up. That's fucking stupid. You put yourself there as a model and you got you got railed, you know, and you got commented on. So therefore you what your comeback is you're fat phobic. So now if you were into perverted things like um I don't know. Say you're all in 18-year-olds. The guy's all in 18-year-old girls and shit. You can then rail against him. How dare he fucking do that? Like, say he's a 30-year-old or whatever. You'd be like, hey, fuck that guy for fucking digging 18-year-olds like that. He's just a pig. He thinks of women as just items. See, you can rail against that, right? But you can't rail against, like, a lady who puts herself out there as morbidly obese and bikinis and shit and think to yourself... You know, look at me, accept this shit. And then when someone comments on it, you kind of shit on them. Same thing with the guy who's like 30 and get crushing on like girls and sh being totally sexist. Like, right? you guys are just sexist phobia. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. For some reason, our world's getting crazy where we're just accepting of this, like, of just, ugh, I don't know. 
Let's see what else we got going on here. Let's see what she said. Who said this? It's one thing to be chubby or fat, but this is way past that. She's right. The Xiao Xu, or whatever the fuck her name is, is right. It is okay to be chubby or fat. And morbidly obese. If you have no if you have no control over it, you can never lose weight. I mean, come on, man. That that's legit. I feel weird just by being paused by that. I'm like, what? It's common sense. But people are just promoting this, being huge. But then she gets out of line. She goes, morbidly obese people don't live past 30, 40. That's not true. Some don't, but, you know, that's not that's not a, like a thing. They gorge themselves with 30 burgers a day. That's just, you're just being mean right there. She's right, though. If you do gorge yourself 40 burgers a day, you're going to die. She had people, including the model, were disgusting. She should, nev should never have been seen as attractive because death and disease isn't attractive full stop. She's fucking retarded. That's stupid. Look, anyone who says that this huge chick is attractive, there's something wrong with them. Like, I mean, it's either other women who are just saying that just to say it. They don't, if you put a lie detector test on these people, they don't really believe that. They don't think it's attractive at all. If they were, they would be morbidly obese as well. But women themselves saying that that's attractive, they have no fucking clue what that means. Now, guys who are saying that, like legit men, uh, won't say that. Other guys who are trying to fuck other chicks who are saying this, I think they, they're lying too. I think anyone who thinks like 280-pound lady or what, wearing a bikini, like just a fat person, you know? Actually, some people can carry that kind of weight and not look so like egregious. But if you have like 70 like rolls into you, I mean – and you think that's attractive, we need to redefine what the word attractive means. Now, if you want to say it's beautiful that she can express herself in that way, that's something to say, and that's a valid thing to say. But saying it's attractive like a man feels sexual attraction to that is saying – I mean there are probably guys out there, but that would be the outliers. They would be the fetish freaker, fetishy kind of type peoples. I wouldn't think that would be – and I, I can just see this being taken out of context, but I'll, I'll argue with anybody. If you think it's – you think what I'm saying is wrong, come on. Hit me up at the podcast for me at gmail.com. We'll, we'll have a convo about it. I'll bring it up on the podcast. This this shit, the, the, com the comeback is so fucking stupid. Why are thin people this obsessed with letting me know indirectly that they think I'm unattracted to them? Therefore, I'm not worthy of love. A career being visible and literally telling me I'm good. I'm gonna me the age I'm going to die. Okay, Miss Cleo. So basically, her rebuttal to this is saying, Then people are obsessed, they're not letting me know indirectly. No, she wasn't, she was just commenting on you and we're not worthy of love see now she's conflating it no you are worthy of love but you gotta love yourself before you love others that'd be not a thing you must do but it it's prudent of you to do you should really love yourself to love yourself is to, to kind of you know shoot yourself a little bit better that's the cool thing about humans though we like to fuck ourselves up you know that we to destroy ourselves and others you know, and the, to understand that you need to love yourself before you love others. You know, that's, I mean, that's the thing. A career, yeah, yeah, get yours. 
Yeah, you're right, though. Telling you you're going to die, though, is pretty fucked up. And then she calls her Miss Cleo, which was a reference to a famous psychic back in the day. Good God. And she shows these pictures of her and her hugeness wearing this bikini, and it's intense. Harmful society to make impressionable young girls see posts like this and think it's brave or celebrated by to be. She's right, though. Chang is right. It is harmful to society to think this is an okay thing. I just, I, if it was something like an aspect of humanity that you can achieve by, be, you never want to achieve this. This is not a, a desired outcome. You never want to be this big. You don't. If you happen to be this big, that's a different story. Being okay with that is another, you know? I mean, sometimes, you know, uh, I'm beating a dead horse, aren't I? People preaching tolerance are the most intolerant. She's right. Chang also posted the reactions. Skinny people die from a stroke and disease too. Laugh my ass off. That's a stupid comeback. Skinny people die too. Fat people die more. That's that's the rebuttal, you know? Uh, she couldn't support opinions. If you can live your life doing tons of plastic surgery, who are you to judge someone else's lifestyle? <laughs> you wish. Uh, you're discussing harass people and raise awareness about obesity and all physical health, yet never pay attention to your own consequences. I don't know where this defense of these huge people is coming from. You should never be mean and call people disgusting. That's fucked up of her to do that. But she does raise a point. And you should work on it. You should come from a path of love. And I think if you do that, you're set. I love you. I wish you the best. I want you to work out. I want you to eat better. Make better choices. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go in the direction of I don't want to make better choices I just want to be like this, then you should you should go for that. Fuck you guys! I want to be morbidly obese. Yes, then own it. Own it in that manner. Not, you know, I'm overweight because it's hard to lose weight. Don't ever say that shit. You know, it is hard to lose weight. Therefore, it's a struggle. And you can go there and you could accept that. But to say, it's you know, I just like being fat. These overweight supporters tell me about their tough journeys to weight loss, how being obese has made their life hell due to health issues, and they are determined to shed off pounds. Thank them for their kind words. Yeah, it's a weird thing that you have to fight that shit out, that you have to fight, hey, let's not look like this, you know? <laughs> How did how did her life get to that direction, you know? Let me put this right here. Alright. I wish they would teach being open-minded in the sense of being open-minded to science, you know, like it is proven fact that, you know, if the more you weigh, the more diseases comes your way. How ah, that rhymes. That's an actual fact. There's no fact supporting how morbidly obese is okay. There's not one fact. That being said, if you had an open mind and you saw that, eh, maybe you should think about that before you say something. I don't know. Just promoting that hugeness is never a good thing, and that's where we're at now.
All right. Let's, let's fucking done with that topic. God damn it. So here we go. Here's a weird fucking article I read and I reviewed. This video shows security guards slamming down a teenager outside of a hospital. So check this. This lady brings her kid, a teenager, to a hospital, right? Nothing's said or seen, but she brings the kid up for a vague thing as this. She says, the reason I brought my kid to the emergency room is that he was having a mental problem. That's very fucking vague. What does that even mean? So as she's bringing the kid in in a cab, he pushes her and he curses at her. Then a security guard comes out. And uh, I guess they talk, and he and the security guard puts him down, and uh, they, they they you know they tie him up right, and then the the cops come, and um, like he's sitting down, and what the what the kid does is spits blood because he has blood because he got slammed earlier, spits blood in the cop's face. The cop immediately punches him in the face, and uh, you know he starts getting wailed on, you know. And uh, the cop gets fired later on. But before the cop gets fired, they said that the cop did nothing wrong and they lied. They quickly threw out a lie. Then the cop was fired later on because he, he lost his shit. So there's a lot of a lot of shit going on. <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on with this. OK, so what the fuck happened here? So she what happened when the lady took her kid to the hospital? What, what's this mental health crisis you speak of? What does that mean? Then the kid starts pushing her. Now, where is it when it's the kid's fault or wh whether it's the kid or the mom's fault or genetics or some shit? What the fuck is a mental health crisis? It's like you don't know how to quantify what that means. Was your kid getting unruly? There's so much like to unpack here. Why did that kid – the video shows her the kid, the teenager – Pushing the mom, you know, probably talking shit. Then he, I could see all of that being bad, right? So chances are he was acting out, right? And there's a reason. He mental health crisis. You should have had the kid committed, I guess. I don't know. For the kid to get so unruly, I don't know what that is. That could just be the kid was raised wrong. And all the men around there fucking treated the kid like you know, like garbage, I guess. And like another thing she says is like, I was told who, who told you this? I was told that when you're, when you, when you need help, you go to the doctor's office. I'm like, what are you talking about? So there's like nothing here. I'm reading this article. I watched the video and there's nothing here. There's nothing in this video. The only thing that this news story wants you to do is act out and be like, Oh, they fucking punched a kid. Okay, the cop was wrong for punching the kid. So if a, kid, a suspect's on the floor with handcuffs, you should never fucking lose your shit like that. I could see why he flipped out, though. He got spit in the face. I get it, you know? It hurts. They should teach these cops different. I'm pretty sure if you spit in a cop's face, they're going to fucking react in that same way. It doesn't matter who. That's why I think that cops need to be trained more. You know, they should be spit in the face a thousand times or some shit like that to learn. Because if you have the power over somebody, like arresting them, things like that, you're held to a higher standard, you know, and flipping out, you know, you shouldn't have that power. That's why you got fired. But I mean, it only takes one action to end the life, you know, 
So you can see why a lot of these uh, cops on the TV and everything are now being seen as shooting teenagers. Not, it's not, not to say that, that, that cops are always constantly shooting kids. I'm pretty sure that statistic is way more down than it was before. I think the, the fact that there's video cameras everywhere and uh, cell phones everywhere, you're just now able to see more of these instances but I, i'm pretty confident though that the, it's that you're seeing more doesn't mean that there is more you know and um i once again i think the the parent just lost control of her kid because he doesn't have a dad to put that kid in his place i mean that that's classic i'm, I'm just drawing conclusions i have no fucking idea she just vaguely says he has a mental health crisis. And I've been told that you take your kid to the fucking hospital. Ah, and he was seeking help. How the fuck is a security guard supposed to know that that kid's looking for that, that kid needs help? All he sees is he's morbidly obese as well, by the way. I'm just saying. All he sees is this mother getting pushed by the kid. And then he tried to insert his dominance. <laughs> and the fucking cop fucking loses his shit too. I don't know. He probably has to deal with mental fucking crazy people all the time. Uh, yeah, the kid probably is fucked up in the head, though. You're pushing his mom like that. So I don't I don't know, man. Here's another story that captivated me. I looked. <laughs> it's funny. I, I looked deeply into this, but maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. So did crime won't do time. So this is the news story. Assistant principal who raped and sodomized boy 16 avoids jail on plea deal and gets put on probation instead. So you have an assistant principal. She She's fucking this kid and she gets no um, jail time because of it. And that's the news article, really. They don't detail what the fuck is going on. They do give you a salacious headline, though. Sodomized the boy. All right. This is an age-old thing I'm going to get into right now. So you got... There's a lot to unpack here. And it's a weird thing. Once again, I'm noticing a theme as I go through the news of not enough detail of things. They just put a headline, they want to catch your eye, and they give you the bare minimum of the story. And I had to look through like three, four newspapers or websites regarding the story, and uh, which is fucking weird, right? <laughs> but okay, all right, so you got this chick, right? And she's fucking this kid, and um, I... Th th the, uh, the details are like oral sex and then they had sexual intercourse. But the headlines is sodomy. So like here you got this uh, and the story is like rape. Now when I think of rape, I think of it like uh, you're going to get this shit. Oh. And so take away take away the sodomy from this part of the – they call it statutory rape you know, and sodomy. That's fucking crazy. Why is that part of the thing? I guess that's a thing. I don't know. So she blew this kid, right? 16. And um, he, uh, and then they also fucked. And um, the, the dad was thinking, <laughs> he says that she came over as a mentor to this kid, this, this female, right? And I think to myself, if fucking lady was going to, to 
what is a what is a lady at that age hanging out with my kid a mentor like at my house i don't that doesn't make sense and like how did it get to a point where she she was captivated by this boy I was like oh man i really want to just fuck this kid like that doesn't make sense at all you know like what does this 6 year old kid got going on as she needed you know the pinus and i i, I just <laughs> all right so like okay so she blows the kid right all right so the reason why she gets no time is because she admitted she did this thing an alford plea which is a to one account to one count of second degree harassment i didn't even know there was degrees of harassment all right and then so what people get caught up on this is the fact that she doesn't get jail time they get caught up in pretty much that's it they're like well how come she doesn't get the same punishment as say a man and she's right and we're they're right you know if a if a 40 year old dude is fucking some 16 year old girl even though in some states that's legal by the way say in the state of california though let's just say because i think 18 legal consent uh in california i he'd go to jail and he'd be ass raped that's what's gonna happen he will get some sodomy but when a girl does it, you know, it's like, it's taboo, but you're not going to punish the lady, you know. And it's one of those uh, fucking things in the year 2020 and beyond is that we can't realize that men and women are different. Like men or boys or males want to come all the time. It's worse when they're like, they go from like nothing, not even thinking about that kind of nonsense to like 11, 12, where like all of a sudden they get these feelings and these emotions. They don't really understand what the fuck it is. And then it becomes like a fucking fire. Like any man will tell you at 13, it was like a fire inside them. They probably can't even articulate it. They couldn't stop thinking about wanting to fuck, you know? And then, I mean, it just goes on. This goes on until you get past this point. That's due to the new production of testosterone. I don't know why we can't quantify this. You know, you go from zero testosterone to some testosterone to a lot of testosterone. And anyone who has a lot of testosterone from nothing to something, you're more aggressive. You have more aggressive attributes. And one of them is in the sexual nature, more power, if anything. And we're just designed this way, you know? And then we're, we're going to play it off like, Oh, how come the girl doesn't get punished as much as the guy? Because get this. It wasn't that he was forcing himself into her mouth. She voluntarily did that. And at 16, your prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed. You don't make good decisions. That's just the way it is. You don't make good decisions. You're, you're run by this whole hormone thing called testosterone. And you're like constantly wanting to fuck, man. That's just the way it is. And so this chick, she fucking... Does this, I mean, I mean, it's not good that she does that, by the way. I'm not advocating for that. It, there's something wrong with her to want that. And probably she wanted to feel needed and fucking, I can attest to this. Uh, a six-year-old boy, you know, prime of his life, not prime of his life, but just fucking horny as fuck, you know, he, he gonna want. He's going to show her want she's never had before. There's a difference between like a 30-year-old man 
wanting to get with a chick at like, you know, whatever age, 30, 30 getting with 30 or 30 getting with 40 year old. I mean, yeah, you, you got, you got that lust in you. You, you really do, but not as much when you were 16. It is like times 10, unless the kid's fucking all the time. If he's not from fucking nothing, you know, he is 100%. I could test to this. I'm telling you this. I don't know why fucking this is a mystery to some guys. Like when they, when they, when they say things like, let me see, I think I saw some shit right here. Let me see these comments. Oh, no comments. God damn it. <laughs> I had one pulled up where there was some comments where people were like, Ooh, fucking, I don't know why she's not getting punished. Yeah. You know, realistically, that kid wanted it way more than her. It was the best day of his life, you know, his young life, you know, and it, it fucks him up though, because once you reach the top of the mountain, there is no going down, you know, like, like what the fuck are you going to do? You know, at six from like, if you're 30 and you're getting on with the chick, that's a great thing, but not as great as when you were 16 and then some chicks is volunteering herself to do things to you, which would make you incredibly happy. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no like comparison. You know, this chick's like not even that great looking. I'm just going to say I mean, she's average, if anything, very basic. <laughs> but at 16, you know, you take what you can get. You know, it's like there is a factory inside of you that is overproducing uh, soda bottles. And you need to get these soda bottles out of you as soon as possible. And that's the problem, man. I don't get the sodomy thing. Like, what did she? She took it to the next. So she was probably power tripping on this kid. Not only did she want to be the center of this kid's world, she wanted to fucking own that center. So something probably happened to her when she was very young, and she's been seeking power ever since. You know, being an assistant principal, I think, is a, a thing unto itself. I think that those people who are career, like especially women, when they try to move in this direction to, in a place of power, they, they had power taken away from them at one time. And so she just wants to power trip on this kid, right? Introducing him to the blowjob. You know, it's kind of like a like a drug, you know. So she pretty much drugged this kid, you know. Like because there's she didn't actually give him drugs, she blew him, you know. That nothing is there's no drug that kind of simulates that. You know, some morphine addicts could attest to that, but no, I'm, I'm telling you, man, a blowjob at fucking 16. Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So she does that, hooks him on there. And then now she owns this power, you know, she's the center of this kid's world. She knows that in her head subconsciously, she's like, this is all the kid's ever going to think about, you know? So then she goes and sodomizes the kid, right? So it's kind of like, I don't know. What, what does that mean? She must've stuck something in there. Oh, maybe that's a finger in the ass while she's doing it. Who knows? They don't really specify, but I don't know why I wasted so much time on this. I just thought it was kind of ridiculous to really put blame on this lady. Other than she's a, it was a, it was like a drug deal. You know, she put drugs in this kid, you know, fucking sucking him off and then fucking put a finger in his ass or whatever, you know? And yeah, that's wrong, you know, because you're, you know, you're in a place of power and you're powering over this guy. So the, I bet money, if you fucking look into her background, she, she was raped or some shit like that. And she's trying to try to get her power back by fucking abusing this kid. So I just talked myself into fucking wanting to punish this lady. Cause I'm looking at her, um, 
her actions. But her actions, you know, okay. The reasons in her brain why she did this, you know, it's because she's fucked up. But what she performed on this fucking kid is gave him, like, I mean, well, then again, if you give a kid drugs, if you give someone drugs and you're addicted to them, to that, that's bad. So now he's going to be addicted to that. You know, at 16, he's probably be very sexualized. She probably did fuck this kid up. So she should be punished. Eh, there you go. Uh, it's, I think, yeah, it is abuse. You know, you never really think about it until you kind of work these thoughts out. See, when a guy does it to a girl and convinces her, you know, this is what you want, and then, you know, he fucks her, you know, that's that's pretty bad because she's going to always try to get with older men. That'll be her thing for, for then on. And uh, you're in a place of power and you abused. So when a chick does it, it's just hard to believe because us guys and our own, what's the word, prejudices. Because I, I see this as a as a thing where the kid, man, this is all aces. But down the road, it will fuck this kid up because, I mean, at, he was sexualized at such an early age, you know, without making good decisions. Because he couldn't make a good decision about that. He'll probably be seeking this kind of shit for all time, you know. So that's pretty fucked up. But the judge and the, the plea deals and everybody else is like, you know, you know with who was taking advantage of who. But yeah, he was being taken advantage. The kid was taken advantage of because, I mean, he doesn't know that's a bad idea. Like right now I'm married. And if like, say the hottest chick on earth, the hottest chick fucking is like, like begging to, to just drain my balls into her, doing all the things to make me turned on and shit. I would have the mental fortitude to say, yeah, yeah, no. Well, cause I'm fully, you know, developed in the brain, you know, now I'm not, I mean, yeah, of course I, I could say that now and I could see people roll their eyes. Oh no, you wouldn't. And I'm like, ah, well then it's like more of, um, have you ever been so angry you wanted to kill someone, but you didn't do it. It's kind of like that, but with sex, you know, you, oh, I really, really want to do this one thing, but you don't because you choose not to. At 16, you can't make those kinds of decisions as well, though. You know, like, I mean, someone fucking grabbing up on your balls at 16. Jesus Christ, you're going to fucking do something. As well as someone getting you so angry you want to kill them, you don't make good decisions at that age. So she did take advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought, I never thought of it that way, and I never really worked it out in that way. But now that I have, I have a new disdain for girls who do this now. I didn't at first. I always thought they were doing them a favor because I know at my age of 16, Jesus Christ, the best thing ever. But down the road, it would be bad for you because you would then get this high of the orgasm, right? And this like this thing that doesn't usually happen because it's not like assistant principals or flying off the fucking or people flying towards your cock i mean as a guy i mean that's not a realistic thing you don't go to a club and then you know chicks are just fucking fawning over you you know unless you're a basketball player but realistically your average guy isn't getting the fuck as much as he wants you know because there's the ideal of wanting to do it but there's the actual doing it you know and the only thing that prevents a guy from actually fucking is the other half of that you know and if chicks are just like nah 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 and that's that's the way the dynamic works down, you know. But at sixteen, you you get a taste of something that doesn't really exist much in nature. It's not like chicks are f- jumping at you. So you know, they you you achieve that height, and then afterwards you're like, 
well, I can't get that height again. I can't get chicks anymore. I can't, you know, the, what the fuck, you know? And then now you're fighting and then twist in on yourself. I never fucking thought that shit. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's see here. Where does Delta CEO stand on the reclined versus non-reclined seat debate? Now we know. So in the news, there is this video of this beta male sitting in his chair in an airplane, and he's casually kind of nudging the chair in front of him because the chick in front of him reclined. And it's a thing in which people were like, hey, it, it, you should have asked first before you reclined versus you shouldn't have reclined. And the CEO of Delta, the plane that he owns, says, you know, you should ask first, you know, and I don't recline, you know, at a, you know, here, here are my thoughts on this. Don't put the fucking function of reclining unless you can recline. I mean, what the fuck were you thinking, you know? And why would you say, yeah, yeah, I would ask. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe courteously you, he could have then instead of nudging the chair, you said, Hey, you know, I'm pretty tall. Could you please not recline? I guess. I don't know. That's stupid. Why would you put that function there? You know, they may, they should take the recline function out reality wise. Because now that it's a thing in which you're inf infecting other, I don't know, man. That's fucking stupid. It, the CEO is dumb too for saying like you shouldn't recline. <laughs> then why you put it there? You're an idiot. Let's see. Here. A six-year-old pens searing letter after he fight with the teacher. So the six-year-old gets angry at a teacher and writes this letter. I didn't know six-year-olds can do this. Uh, I'm going to try to read this as best as I can. Dear Mrs. Jones, I am angry of you. Uh, I'm going to try to read it like I think he would have what he meant. Dear Miss Miss Jones, I'm angry at you because you took twenty five dollars, twenty five of my hummingbird bucks. All because see hummingbird bucks. I think this is a thing in which. Um, there's a point scale and if they get a certain amount of points, they get rewarded. So it's, it's like, instead of punishing kids, reward kids for good behavior. And hopefully that does something, but you are punishing them because you're taking money or whatever the fuck a hummingbird dollar is all because I was talking to Connor. That was no big deal. I'm six. I can't be quiet. That's uh, all of the time. And that makes you a thief and dad or, and, did crook and and a crook i don't know and you are going to hell <laughs> the kid says she's going to hell real hell the burning one because you're a thief i worked hard for those bucks and my only prayer in the chapel today was that god gets you to hell fast super fast and your new haircut is bad really bad isaiah so i guess the kid was talking and um, now he wants the teacher to go to hell. And I had some thoughts about that. So six-year-olds all the time think they're in the right. My kid right now is nine. He thinks he's in the right all the time. I'll be talking back. And a common thing in children is it's not their fault. It's someone else's no matter what. 
they want their way and anything that inf- that comes in that way it's someone else's fault and this is something you got to beat in your kid you know you got to just get them to realize that the things that go wrong aren't because of that it's because of you you have to figure out a way at, around it uh, yes if a tornado hits you you know that's not your fault but then why were you there you know so that kind of thing i mean you could always track it down to what you could do cuz you can't affect the world around you. You can't just make people be peaceful. You can't make people not be racist. You can't make people be not sexist. You can't make people do anything. You can only affect change for yourself. So kids growing up are all trying to learn that facet. and They don't learn it. The world allows them to just think the way they do. It's always someone else's fault. And kids, it's it's an instinct, I think, that all kids think it's someone else's fault, not theirs. And this is this is a classic example of it, where he writes a letter. It's her fault, and he gets very angry about it. And tells says she has to go to hell, you know, over some fucking points. Now the kid's gonna grow up, and he's gonna realize, hopefully, that that was stupid. And uh, people thought it was cute. I thought it was pretty poignant that the kid wrote a whole letter about that. He got so angry that he wrote a letter. I've never been that angry where I wrote a letter. I've been really angry where I punch things, but never to the point of constructiveness as writing something. That kid's going places to to uh, put his ideas into word form and then, you know, send it to his teacher. I just think that's great. And then he makes fun of her fucking hair. That's the best. <laughs> People who think that this kid's in the right, you know, are wrong. You should never let a kid get his way, you know, or her way. You got to, like, keep teaching them, you know, this is the way it is. Because, like, when they get older and they're on their own, they're going to be like, why can't the cops do what I tell them to do? <laughs> why do I have to get out of my car? They should get out of their car. Well, they're okay. They're already out of their car. Well, they should go back into their car <laughs> or some shit like that. Oh, that was pretty cute. Ah, here's a new story. You could earn $125,000 for donating your face to a humanoid robot. So there's a company out there that want the, not your actual face, but they want your uh, photos of your face, and then they can use your face for whatever fucking thing they want on these robots. And I thought that was that's good money, man. $125 just to see a picture of your face. And I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm all in. I was really going to fucking apply to that. But then I thought about it, man. I mean, what, what if they have digital rights to your face, they could do anything they want with your face. Now, they, they like to say that they're doing it for a robot, but I hate to see it that, you know, you're sucking some kid off or some shit like that. They can manipulate your face into any fucking form. You know, like I watched Star Trek and you could see uh, spaceships blowing up planets and shit like that, right? I mean, what kind of perverse things that they have that they can do with your face, you know? And then, and then you think about it. I mean, like you got Facebook, you're volunteering your face and shit like that. They can pretty much do anything. But then again, another thing is, imagine a robot with your fucking face, and it fucking starts killing people. You have your face, I don't know. I thought about that, and I was just like, shit, they could use your face, and you could just be abused in all sorts of ways because you sold your face for $125,000. It's like selling your soul, if you think about it. You know, it, it, maybe I'm overthinking it, but, but I mean, just imagine your face on the 
on a murderer or a child molester or some shit like that. You know, you're like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you can digitally put your face on anything, doing something else digitally. And in a plethora of world of imaginations, they, you can go bad, you can go good. And you're like, I don't know. Would you want to see your face doing something like that? Shit. Say as a robot. Say robots are killing people or flaying the skin off of people. I don't know. I, my brain just goes to the most hardest hard thing. You know, would you want your face to be on whatever the fuck? For 125, they won't tell you what they'll do. So you got a robot, right? And then they're thinking it could work for elderly people, right? Helping them out and shit like that. So what happens if you train this robot to fucking abuse these elderly people? Now your face is there. Now people are going to associate your face with abuse. I mean, that's where it can go bad. Of course, it can go good, but... 20 years down the road, you're still, you, you have no money to show for, but they could just use your face for whatever. I mean, be careful for what you do. They should give you a percentage. At least you're getting paid. They should. Yeah, that's what they should do. They get, they're getting your money. They're getting your soul for cheap for 125. Should at least sell, sell it for a percentage, like 1% of everything you profit. Because like, they're constantly using it. Flat rate. I hope nobody goes for it, but 125 sounds a lot, a lot of money for poor people. So they're getting a lot of faces for that. That's it for the news. Uh, that's all the news I got for you guys. It took me an hour or fucking nine minutes to get through all that news. Now I got riff section. Section? Section. Riff section. And what that means is I'm going to go and talk about random fucking things like I just did with the news. Riff section! Section of the Riz. So I was sitting in the car. I was listening to Black Eyed Peas. And one of my uh, wife's uh, nieces was in the car. And she's like 14. I'm listening to Black Eyed Peas. And I'm thinking to myself, I bet this chick don't even know what the Black Eyed Peas are. So we listened to this album of the Black Eyed Peas, 2009, The End. Right? And this came out in 2009. So she's 14 now. So that means that she was. Give me a second. So she's roughly four years old when this fucking album comes out. Now me and my wife, my kid, we've been listening to this fucking soundtrack. Of all the songs that we have, we listen to this one mixed in with all our other soundtracks for the last like, you know, forever. So we know what this, this soundtrack is. But it's not famous in the extent to for this kid to know what who the Black Eyed Peas are. And I go, do you know who the Black Eyed Peas are? And she goes, no. And I go, that makes sense. Because she was like four when they came out with this album. And they're not famous now. It's not like they're pushing out music nowadays. And then I, it got me thinking that it's kind of weird that you have music now that will not last the test of time. Like, for instance... You got Queen in the 70s. Now, she knew who Queen was. I asked her who's Queen. She goes, oh, yeah. So classics, you'll know. Like Beethoven, you'll know who Beethoven is. But music that's popish in a way, that's around the last 20 years, isn't going to last the test of time because no one is like Queen. No one is like Michael Jackson. I think that time is gone. Like there's no one from 2000 to now, 2020. In the last 20 years, no one's come out that will last the test of time. I never thought of that. Like you're not going to listen to 
post Malone 20 years from now. You're, Fergie's gone. Uh, who else is out there that's pretty famous? Like, what, maybe Jay-Z? All these rappers, too. They're they're done. Like, if you hear, like, you'll hear um, rappers talk about them. Yeah, Jay-Z and all that. But that's in that individualized market, the people who listen to those songs. But, like, someone who's, like, just casually listen to music isn't going to know who these famous people are. And that, that's just a crazy thing. Music as is so profound, so, not profound, but so... Um, word conflated no abundant the music is so abundant that there are no people who are rising above them they're rising above them in the sense that they're they're gonna be famous for that time more than the others like i really liked um what's his name uh killer mike he's pretty cool you know from the run the jewels soundtrack i think that's pretty good music but no one's going to know who they are 20 years from now. No one's prevalent anymore. No one's a Michael Jackson or Prince or fucking Cher or whatever the fuck. No one's a Queen. No one's a Led Zeppelin. We haven't had that. I think, uh, I wonder if that's going to happen one day. Because you nowadays you get a, a person who's super famous and they'll get 500 million views and shit like that. I mean, it, are, am I living in a time where 100 years from now people are like Justin Bieber was famous? I don't know. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody and um, the life of uh, Eddie Freddie Mer Mercury. And I think to myself, it, it's crazy. The reason I think that they're so famous is because they were super smart, super. They were just out there. They're ethereal. You got like a physicist, you fucking uh, electrical engineer, shit like that. You know, I don't know, hardcore gay dude who is all into music. And, uh, they make music and they bounce the ideas across each other and they, they're going to live for all time and all history, you know? And I, I think to myself, where did those people go in the last 20 years? There's no one where I'm like, God, you know, that one band is really good. You know, I'm going to be talking about them for years to come. And there's music because I like music. I mean, you know, like Linkin Park and shit like that. You know, I like music and I'll talk Panic at the Disco. I'll talk about them. But that's only because I lived in that time. I think a true indicator of masterful work is someone who is not of your age, you know, within that age, like say 14, a 14 year old knowing who you are. She's not deep into music, but she knows who Queen is, you know, that 14 year old. So like that's my base of like good music. You know, if 14 year old knows of your music 20 years ago, then you're good. And maybe, maybe that's a thing, man. Maybe music has done its thing, you know. It's or the, the uh, hearts and minds of individuals have been, you know, diluted because there's so much out there. So therefore, they're not they're not feeling the music like they used to fifty years ago, you know. People felt that music, like okay, for instance, you know, like he would. Uh, Freddie Mercury would sing a song, you know, and then people would sing the fucking words back at a huge ass stadium. Is that a thing that's happening now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does happen here and there, but it's not a sensation. Like you have actors and actresses and musicians die all the time, but it's not like the biggest deal ever. So, I mean, 
what does that mean for human society that, you know, this, this epic thing like Beethoven, you know, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I, I think that if somebody were to transcend like queen and Led Zeppelin and, uh, fucking Aerosmith. And now in this time, they would be more famous that I would feel that they're more famous than say someone as Beethoven in the sense that they were able to rise amongst more of a stratosphere than say like uh, Beethoven. Then I wasn't there. Maybe there was millions of fucking Beethovens out there, and Beethoven was the only one who became famous. So what does it mean like when you're famous now in the music industry? It's exciting for me because I think that there's got to be one that's going to rise amongst us that will be, you know, 40 years from now, we'll still be talking about them. Because as of now, for the last 20 years, you got nothing. That's it. No one where you're like, yeah, you remember this band? Yeah. If you think I'm wrong, hit me up on the podcast for me, you know, Gmail or I can go to my website and we can hash it on the blog. I fell in this weird hole. So Fantasy Island came out, a movie, and uh, it's a remake of the show, but it's more perverted of it, you know, like, I don't know. I, I never really watched the show too much, but the gist of it was, you know, you go to this island and have a fantasy and it comes true and you learn shit about yourself. Well, they, they twisted it where it's all like kind of like a teeny bopper horror story. You know, I wish my... I wish this one kid who was picking on me gets punished, you know, and then torture this fucking kid for 16 hours or some shit like that. And, uh, that's what the new movie is. But this, there was this midget or little person as it were that was on the show. And he would say, the plane boss, the plane. And, um, this article was written about him. So it was this, uh, this one kid who had dwarfism and, uh, he came, a prolific actor who was also in James Bond, you know, and people said that he liked the fuck and, um, he did got a lot of prostitutes. He married himself a normal lady and they got me thinking. So he's like, what? Three feet, four feet. What is it in a girl that wants to get with a guy like that in the sense of like, I'm not like saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, what is it in the mind of a woman who's a normal size, getting with a little person. I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I'm just, you know, questioning it in the sense of what, what was the what was the frame of it? Do, is it that kind of like when women fall in love with prison people that they 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 got them and there's no one else that they're going to be with. Same thing with um, women who get with morbidly obese guys. So you have this model who gets with a 400 pounds guy or some shit like that. I think it's different when it's a dude getting with uh, a lady of that size because some women, some men, their appetites are extreme. They want to get what they can get. I don't know. I always thought it was kind of odd, you know, when not odd, but I was always it in this day and age, the year 2020, you're not allowed to ask these kinds of questions, but since I have a podcast, no one listens to, I can ask these questions. Uh, when a when a woman dates a little person and they're not and they're 
normal height. Is it the same thing as when a woman dates a prisoner? The the place of like this guy can't leave me because you know what's he? What else does he have? You know, does he have opportunity like all the others? That kind of thing. So it's kind of like uh, I wonder. I wonder if that's a thing. That's what's going through their heads. But because people don't want to ask these questions or want to study it, because it is kind of like, uh, who are you to question what this lady wants? You know, the heart wants what the heart wants. But that's not really what it is. I mean, there's a reason you're attracted to someone smaller than you like that. You know, I'm not trying to link it into like child molestation or anything like that. I'm just thinking there has to be something. I always, I always break it down to power. I think it's like a, a thing in which, you know, power was taken away. And now you have power over this guy because he's never going to get anyone else. That kind of thing. Like, is that your thinking? I'm not saying that that's what I'm thinking. I'm saying, so they're thinking. And then like, um, of course the relationship didn't work out. He, he, they divorced. And I wonder if that's a thing of, so there's not much detail on this. And I looked hard, but I wonder if that's a thing in which the little person cheated on her or some shit like that. Now that she knows that she doesn't power over him, she gonna leave him. But I mean, like, yes, if you cheat, you should, you should break up. But at the same time, I wonder if that's what it is. Or maybe they argue too much. Cause now that she has the power, um, having a thing and wanting a thing are two different things. You know, now that she has it, she's like, ah, I don't want it anymore. I always thought that was the thing with, uh, women, you know, in the sense that, uh, sometimes they get with guys cause they, they want something. And now that they have it, they're like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> like, once they once they got you, now that 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 game is over, and I think it's the same thing with men too. Like sometimes you get caught up in the rhythm of ah, maybe that's it. So some guys, you know, me too. When I was younger, you know, you you, you want something and then you get it. Like so, you want to you want to fuck this chick, right? You want to get with this chick real bad. Uh, you do anything. I love you. Say whatever you want, and then you fuck it. It's great. It's fucking glorious. And then you do it a lot, right? And you're like, ah, oh, it's the best. And then now that you've had it, you don't want it as much. You don't fight it as much. You say things you didn't say beforehand. Pre-sex, you were like, she said some shit like, oh, you, you look fat in those jeans. And you would say, yeah, I do. And now that you've had the sex, you're kind of like, well, fat in jeans. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> and now you're like saying shit you wouldn't have said before. And now that you had something... You don't want it as much as you do. And that's why you probably look somewhere else. I wonder if there's a female equivalent because I don't think that women are hungry for sex as much as guys. I think it's power dynamic. So she wanted to, she wanted this guy to want her <laughs> like the, like the system principal wanted this little person to like her more. So therefore, you know, you know, she got what she wanted. She got him. And now that he's had his fill, he's kind of like, whatever. And the, so she doesn't feel that love that she had before, the want. She wanted the, the courting and all that want at the beginning. But then now that, you know, he got what he wanted, he doesn't treat her the same. And then now it's like, you know, I don't know. It was crazy that, the, it's, it, that this uh, little guy was getting it on. And instead of saying something like... Uh, you know, 
there's something I, I would I would think that it's more of um you know you you didn't have any power now you do uh, man I'm I relate everything to power I just noticed but I can I can imagine I just try to when I when I try to imagine the scenario of certain things I try to put my head in the place of these people so you got this little guy right and I mean pretty much you know, game over dude there's not much opportunities because it's not like okay you watch tv in the news you don't see many opportunities for uh, little people to go anywhere so you think to yourself oh that's it for me but then you make it big on this fucking movie or show and you're making gobs of money now you got this power you don't know what to do with it here you are been treated like a little person lesser than normal people and then now you got this money and you, you got this power so you try to do things and the guy ended up killing himself and they like to say that he was in pain. Probably that contributed to it. That was a rough go, man. It's a rough life. They really shat on him in this article. They were like, yeah, he was a sex craved being and things like that. Wasn't it more of him just trying to manage the life that he was dealt with? Here you are, a little guy. You got some money. So you wanted to fucking empty your balls out. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I mean, it is a rough go being short like that. I mean, there's probably a lot of like mental defects that happen, you know, and people don't like to say, Oh, it's not a disability or like, fuck. It isn't. I mean, it is a disability in the sense that, I mean, like you don't develop well. And I mean, there's a lot of health problems and you're always in pain. This guy was always in pain and shit. And he ended up killing himself due to the, the number of things that he's done and did in his life. And plus pain, you know, I mean, that's a little, I mean, a human being can, human suffering can only take so much, you know, and um, I don't know. It's an article. I just read it. I don't know. I don't know what to think about the, what the author's intent was. But it didn't catch my eye when it said, Confronting Fantasy Island's Thornist Legacy. Herve Velashwishith Sex and Disabled Representation. Well, the word sex caught me in, of course. You put the word sex in something, I'm going to fucking catch. Well, what is this about? Hmm. <laughs> let's, let's spend 30 minutes talking about this guy, you know. But yeah, he was a bit of a creep, though, in the sense that back in that day, he put a, he would like he would come on to all the chicks and shit. But does that make him a creep? Like, is that a thing now? Is it is it a creep thing to like come on to other chicks? Obviously, he's got needs too. him court trying to court. Like, what do, what do women want? Like. Uh, like, if you if you compliment on a woman how she looks or whatever like that yeah i mean that guy's trying to court you i mean that's what that's what dudes do that's their job and when a when a little person does it he's a deviant that's pretty fucked up i think that's uh was it not racist not sexist it's fucked upist that's what i think <laughs> i'm starting to fade away one hour and 30 minutes of just shooting shit well he's dead oh Star Trek Picard. So I've been watching this show, Picard. So Star Trek Next Generation, that's a show, Star Trek. It's uh, ongoing voyages of the USS Enterprise. It goes and explores space and finds uh, finds out some shit. And one of the main characters is Picard. He's the captain of the ship. Uh, that shit goes, that show is great. Great fan following. And then they, 20 years later, make a fucking TV show called Picard. Now I've been watching this show. 
and I watched four episodes, so I'm going to review it kind of. I'm not going to review it fully. I'm just going to review some bits and pieces of it. Let's see, 127, i got to remember that. So, Picard is um, a show that, like, for, I don't know. I don't know how to, give me a second. Picard takes place, I have no fucking clue when. Like, 20 years later, 14 hours Basically, it says 14 years after his retirement from Starfleet. So what does that mean? So an incident happened. Spoilers if you haven't seen this show. An incident happens in which uh, the Romulans, uh, their sun's about to explode and destroy a bunch of planets. Um, and then Picard gets with Starfleet. The writing in this show right now of four seasons is terrible, I think. For a Star Trek show, a Star Trek show has really tight writing, usually, you know, and um, does it? No, it really doesn't. There's always a lot of inconsistencies, but, you know, for every show that comes out, they get better at the writing in the sense of like, well, if they could do this, why don't they do that? If they do that, why don't they do this? That's a that's a thing that I'm noticing in some Star Trek shows or shows in general with science fiction and or magic. It's why don't they have a person there to say, well, if this is happening, why isn't this happening? Or if that's happening, why isn't this happening? And you're, you're wondering where I'm getting at. So a sun's about to explode, destroying a bunch of planets and killing a lot of people. So Picard takes it upon himself to get Starfleet, like a group of people, to go save a bunch of people. And I'm like, wait, it's not like that entire race of people are like dumb. They were flying spaceships while we were still, you know, sailing the ocean. You know, they have spaceships. They had the technology to fucking help themselves out. So this, it's, a, it's a vague MacGuffin why Picard needed to get a bunch of starships to go and save them. For some reason, Starfleet, who is supposed to be a righteous fucking organization, and that's the way it was been written for like ever, decided, no, let's not do this. But whatever. That could just be some Romulan involvement. Who knows? So they couldn't figure out how to save all those people, and a bunch of people died. At the same time, there was this invasion on Mars, or maybe invasion, a bunch of robot people fucking went crazy and killed a bunch of people, you know? And so Picard retires, you know? And that's where that's the backstory to the show. I don't get a lot. See, the thing I don't like about this show is, and I'm, I'm as the, as the show progresses, I'm getting more angry as I'm watching it. Like the first episode, I loved it. I fell in love with that first fucking episode. It made sense. It worked. They're going to fill in plot points here and there, and it'll just flesh itself out. I was wrong. After four episodes, it's just trudging along slowly. So whoever the showrunner is, is des has designed this show to be a, um, a long movie, right? So rather than making an episode binge worthy, you know, make one episode lead into the next episode or complete episodes, it's one episode tell story for the next episode which tells story to the third episode which then starts the plot 
And then the fourth episode is more of the same. So it's just building up, but nothing's really happening. Like it took three episodes for him to leave planet Earth. Because he, first episode, introduction to the, the call to adventure. The second episode was more like uh, gathering a team. And third episode was like leaving Earth. <laughs> and then the fourth episode is like, hey, we're going to go to this planet to get one more person. <laughs> so that's that's the show in, in a nutshell. Um, I don't know why. See, I have a lot of questions with this show. Why? Okay, so here you technologically advanced race can't leave their own planet. Or they I guess they had a comic book explaining this. So a preamble to the show. And they didn't believe their son was going to explode. Like they couldn't fucking like use science. I mean, they, they can make ships invisible to the human eye. So they couldn't fuck. They can make black holes. They couldn't fucking figure out. They have technology that surpasses fucking Starfleet, I guess, because they can make black holes. The fucking react. If you're a nerd like me, you know that Star Trek's Romulan ships are powered by black holes. So that means they understand fucking the sun. You know, like, I mean, if you make a black hole, you get sun. So their sun's about to explode. They don't know why. They can't, ex they can't figure it out. They have transported technology. Now, so in Star Trek, there are episodes where, in, especially I think in Deep Space Nine, or I forgot what, ep I think in Star Trek Voyager, they put people into a buffer, right? They could teleport people using these things called transporters. And what they do is turn people into energy and store them. Okay. You couldn't do that with a fucking mass population. I mean, fuck, dude, the technology's out there. So it's like, once again, I'm caught in this whole, why don't they just do this? Or why did the people just die? You know? So he gets a bunch of people on a, a planet and they're all fucking bums. Like, they don't have replicator technology? I don't get this. Because the replicators have been around since the fucking... So this is the year 2340-something? 2380-something? They've had replicator technology for like two fucking hundred years? They couldn't, you know? I mean, the fuck? And, uh, yeah. So there's this planet uh, of Romulans who got relocated, and they hate Picard because... I don't know, for reasons, hashtag reasons. What other things I got going on? So he retires from Starfleet because he's like, hey, if we help these people, I won't retire. Or if we don't help these people, I'm going to fucking retire. And then Starfleet's like, yeah, sure. I know you saved all of humanity. I know that you saved Earth from the Borg. I know that you saved Earth a bunch of fucking times in all your adventures. But you know what? This time you're wrong, Picard. We're not going to save the Romulans. Then in, in the next episode, he goes to Starfleet to get a spaceship. So they waste time going to Starfleet. He goes to Starfleet. says, hey, look, just make me a captain or, or give me a ship and I'm going to save a bunch of fucking people. Or I'm going to save this one lady. She's a robot, apparently. And um, they're like, they curse a lot, too, in the show. You get the fucking hubris of coming back, this lady says. Wait, wait, wait. Why can't you give him a ship? Why is this a big deal? Okay, so, so so Starfleet is petty. I don't know why. You know, Gene Roddenberry wrote this fucking universe to be non-petty. Humans are non-petty. We've evolved past that. But somehow we de-evolved in the last hundred years. So whatever. 
Okay, I give you that. Let's just say that. What do we got going on here? The fucking hubris of uh, Picard. What else does he do? So he wants the spaceship. They ain't going to give it to him. I guess. They're angry at him because he fucking retired to talk shit, I guess. Why was there a race of robots? Didn't didn't in the measure of man in Star Trek Next Generation, they established that that was a bad move? This is not a thing we're going to do. But they did it anyways. In the second episode, they show him... I think it's the second or the third episode. No, the second episode. They show Mars and what happened 14 years ago where the synthetic people, the robots, are they destroy Mars and they kill a bunch of people. But then they show a bunch of humans being shitty. They're like bitching about the fact that they have to work. I don't understand. I do not understand. In Star Trek, in this world, in this universe, there's no such thing as money. People don't work for money. So why the fuck are they working? Why are they... Because they have to. They want to better themselves. Okay. They're bitching about not having the day off. They can fucking leave. I don't know. They, they're they petty too. They call robots plastic people. They don't have an open mind. If you watch Star Trek of any of the fucking shows, they all have open minds. Until Deep Space Nine and things get kind of weird. All right. So... The Admiral, for some reason, has a lieutenant named uh, Rafi, right? Because he he retires. There's some situation in which he retires, and then she loses her job. She gets fired, and then she goes to jail. And I don't, I don't understand any of this. I don't understand why the fuck this happens. So what the fuck does it mean if you don't have a job? I mean, and then she lives in a shithole. She goes, oh, yeah, my place sucks, and you live in a chateau. There's no such thing as money. Why are you bitching? I don't get this. Why did they write that? Who wrote this? This is not even a Star Trek thing. Okay, so Rafi's pissed. She's smoking. That's a thing. No one in Star Trek smokes, but she smokes. Uh, All right. She's mad because Picard just fucking left her high and dry and never talked to her since, so she feels abandoned. Why the fuck did Picard abandon her? I don't get that. If he was so close to her and he just abandoned her. what You're telling me this guy who fucking gives a shit about Data so much. A robot who saved his life once. He doesn't give a shit about this lady. That Picard is written not to be a dick. He was an evolving character. He goes home and uh, in this one episode called Brothers, I think, or Family. And it's right after he becomes Borg. He comes back to becoming human. And he goes back home. And he thinks about quitting Starfleet. It's a real good episode. And he's like, fucking, I hate my brother. His brother used to bully him and shit. <sighs> they, they, the, the brother picks on him even then. And they fight. And, you know, Picard's not been home for a while. And he ha- he's pissed at his brother. They fight. And Picard does his thing where he breaks down and he's like, fucking, they took everything from me. I, who was Captain Picard, because he has an ego on him, you know? And it makes sense. And, um, yeah. He breaks down and his brother says, it's because you're human. You know, that shit would have happened to anybody. They make up. So the character grows. The character grows. And then when you did a Terminator Dark Horizon, you made it or Dark Fate. You, you took that away from him. You undeveloped him. Now he's petty. He hasn't grown at all. 
And he's more of a dick, too, because he just ignores people. Yet he has two, like, Romulan people who work with him. That's just fucking crazy. This show is just retarded. I mean, it's gone backwards from what it was, you know. You just took the character, and I like the idea of one last hurrah for this character. Because it was a call to adventure, you know. The the daughter of his most best friend needs his help. And that's a good story right there. But you forgot who the character was. And this is what this is my umbrage with the show. A bunch of little inconsistencies here and there. Um, let's see here. There's other parts like, you know, like there's parts of the story I just don't give a shit about. There's like these the daughter's the data. Get it. He wants to help him. Got it. And there's this Borg thing going on. I don't care. Um, let's see what else is going on here. The end is beginning. So here's another dick thing they made Picard do. So Picard is becoming a father figure for this one kid. And um, he just ditches his fucking kid. Like, as soon as he retires, he just leaves that kid high and dry. 14 years later, comes back and goes, I need your help. And then that kid's supposed to drop what he's doing and help him. And he does. And, yeah. I can't see Picard doing that. So Picard goes through this thing in Star Trek Generations unnecessarily. He loses his uh, nephew to, to a fire. You know, and he liked this kid, right? And uh, he often fa he fantasizes about having a kid like that of his own because he goes to a, a uni uh, he goes through this thing called a ribbon, which gives him everything he wants. And um, what is his perfect life is to have a kid. So here you got this kid who has no family, and he's raising this kid, and then he just leaves the kid for fourteen years. So Picard developed this ability to love other kids. And then just loses it because he just retires from Starfleet. I get you. He retired from an institute he was like hardcore about. But <sighs> what he's become, you know, is it's like backwards. It's just backwards. It's like the whole character design of this. I mean, Picard, it's called Picard. So you would think that it was like one final hurrah. And what, what do the fans want? They want Picard. You fucking named it Picard. When I buy a Nike, I want a Nike. I don't want to buy a Nike. And then it turns out it's a picture of a shoebox or a shoe, not the actual shoe. You know, this is what you've given me. You've given me the picture of Picard, but not the actual Picard. Picard, we went, the reason we're watching this show is because we watched this fucking show back in 87 and up, and we grew with this character. He grew, we grew, and we enjoyed that. And then. Time goes by and you're bringing them back. So we're thinking we're getting this character completed and going through new growth. No, now he's reverted into this other form. It's not even him. It's just the broken version of himself. And it's not even a good thing. Like maybe like if this happened after the Borg episode and that's what makes him retire, he was turned into Borg and that's why he's like how he is. I get it. But all he did was retire from Starfleet, you know, after having a long ass fucking career, saving the fucking universe all these times. He retires and I that's not enough, I don't think. I get it. I get where they're coming from. It's just not enough. After he was tortured, you know, there are four lights by the Cardassians. If he, that would make sense then, you know, 14 years from then. 
you know, that's who he is, a broken version of himself. Because that's what he is. He's a broken version of himself who gets a call to a venture because he's about to die. So now it's time to get your shit in order. And then another thing that makes him a dick. Okay, so you need to get the, the Romulan guy, his, one of his besties, is like, hey, look, you need to get the old crew together. Fucking Riker, Jordy, all this bullshit, right? And fucking take over the world or whatever the fuck. And then Picard goes, I don't want to do that. If I ask them, they'll come, and I don't want that guilt of them. You know, they might die. So he gets another fucking crew. The kid that he fucking abandoned. The lady who he fucking abandoned. He gets these people that he abandoned to help him out. <laughs> and then fucking... What, so the reason you don't want to get your besties to come is because you they might die. So you get these other people you abandoned because they might die. I don't know. Flawed logic. I don't know what they were thinking when they made this. Maybe Patrick Stewart was in the writer's room and heavily influenced how they wrote the show. But I think the people who wrote this show should have been people who were deep and start balls deep in Star Trek Next Generation and like hardcore showrunners. And then just fucking from there and get a fan. They should have had a fan in there too, writing this shit out. You know, because I, this doesn't feel like a fan wrote this. It feels like someone who thinks they're a fan, making their own thing, putting their mark. I had my one of my best friends said something like that when it came to Star Wars, um, the Last Jedi. Brian Johnson just wanted to put a fucking stamp on it. Said, "Yeah, I did that. I made this. I did that." You know, fucking the fans over because this is what the show is doing, and each episode is getting worse and worse. And towards the fans, I mean, I mean, yes, if I wasn't a fan, I would love the show more because I don't know who the fuck Picard is. But unfortunately, you made the show for the fans, and I know who Picard is. This isn't Picard, and that's my assessment of the show. But I've only been through four episodes. Maybe they, maybe they could bring it back. I doubt it. This this feels more like um, Star Trek Discovery. I like that show, but. It's not Star Trek. And this is not Star Trek either. This isn't even Picard. Yeah. And like, what the fuck? Why is this slow paced? You know, three fucking episodes to leave Earth? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. All right, that's it for that thought. Let me finish up with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has cheeky response to critics. Why did I want to bring this up? Oh, yeah. So since I moved to Michigan, I've noticed that the way people think is universal. (laughs) They may think differently, but they do think the same. And this is something I'm fucking hammering home. I saw this one lady. She says that I, okay, there are ways that Republicans and Democrats think that are similar to each other, and they just don't know it. For instance, when you're stuck in rhetoric, you know, you can't get outside a box. You're stuck in this box. My side's always right, period. That's it. And whatever well, whatever stats you have, whatever statistics come out, whatever studies that come out, whatever news that comes out, you're going to produce all that. You're going to get all that shit, and it's going to go through this fucking filter of yours. And the filter filters out anything that goes against whatever you think. So if you're a hardcore Republican, you're only going to think of the good things. 
And if it's uh, your hardcore Democrat, only the good things and all the bad things you're going to filter out and say, oh, it's because of this, because of that. You're going to come up with reasons why that side's wrong. And this is how fractured that way of thinking is. So one of the common criticism of AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, is that she was a waitress or a bartender lady, right? And um, now she's a fucking congresswoman, right? So she went from all tense purposes, nothing to something. And a common criticism of it is when she says the words, a person can, can't pull themselves out the bootstrap because she's hardcore socialistic. Her thing is everyone should get money. And, you know, fucking People can't work hard to get somewhere. But the criticism is this. She is that person. She literally came from nothing and became something. That's the criticism. That's a bad thing, right? You could say, well, who are you to tell me this when you're the very person who did that? And you're just trying to keep people down. It's one Republican girl I was talking to. She says, what did she say? She said, because she goes, she never, she never helped herself. Other people helped her, and that's why she's where she's at. So you can't even like acknowledge the criticism of her because to do that would validate another aspect. She came from nothing to something. That's a good thing. You can't even validate the criticism of her just talking out of her ass because you would have to admit uh, a failure of hers. I mean, a, a, an actual thing that's good. And that that's 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 the <clears throat> that's the fucking all in all of it all, all in all of it all. That's the, the heart of the matter. I mean, people are so entrenched in their 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 thinking, their their ways, that they can't see things right or wrong or anything like that. You have to go through that filter, that great barrier where you're like, oh, admit that she did something. I can't do it. Even when criticizing her. So you could accept the criticism. Yeah, she's talking out of her ass. And then you give an example. No, 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 no. Can't do that. No. <laughs> and I give you this. So you got Trump. So here's the Democratic side. So Trump, he um, he bans certain countries. And that's due to, you know, probably terrorism and shit like that. But people see that as he's... He's xenophobic. He's racist for doing that, banning certain countries. So what? So what do you have him do? He's banning these countries on the advice of his advisors. There must be a reason. He, but because you won't acknowledge there has to be a reason, you'll just turn it into racism. Obviously, he's racist. So I leave you with that. I mean, here you have in one instance you can't. You can't acknowledge that AOC worked hard to get to where she's at. And she doesn't believe that other people could do that. Which makes her a fucking hypocrite. Can't acknowledge that because working hard is not something she did. So you're stuck in that little loop. And Trump, you could never acknowledge that there's a reason why he banned certain countries. You can't acknowledge that he could probably did it for good. You can't even see it in that prism. You have to see that it's racist. So I, I, I leave you with this. Yeah. Try to see with an open mind both sides of an argument. Try to see 
the reasons why people do the things that they do. I have done here within the last like two hours of this goddamn podcast. I've looked into things deeply. I mean, I've looked at both sides. Are we just a teen being pushed around? Or are we a teen that was pushing around cause and effect? I mean, I, I feel like our lives are turned into things in which we're not really looking at things all the way. We're just closing one eye, looking sideways, trying to figure out shit. Try to be open. That's what I say. You can still stand by your beliefs. You know, you could always say, fuck this person. But yeah, I see why they're saying that. The lady who uh, gets with the six-year-old, I see why you did that. It's a power trip. You want you lost power trying to gain it back. Still wrong of what you did. See, in one instance, I see why she does it. I still don't condone it. You could still do that with Trump. I see why you did it. You did it because of this. Not because you're racist. That's that's a false assumption. AOC. She worked hard to get to where she's at, obviously. That's what makes you know the criticism real. So always be the better person than you were yesterday. Yesterday you were closed-minded. Today you were open-minded. <laughs> and always stay frosty. Hey, it's the devil and the devil is free.